And you've got some idiots, and we'll get to this in just a second. Guys like Chris Hayes, well, the Republicans will vote to make Juneteenth a holiday. They just don't want to teach it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure here in Texas, in their government-run schools, they teach Juneteenth. It happened here. It happened here. You know, Texas, full of those right-wing MAGA hat, gun-toting, pickup truck-driving, uncultured, uncouth Neanderthals live here, Texas. Not wanting to teach critical race theory has nothing to do. As a matter of fact, I want Juneteenth taught. I want everyone to know in the left-wing coastal blue cities that Juneteenth happened here in Texas. Didn't happen in New York or L.A. Deed. It happened here in Texas. But I got to start with this Supreme Court ruling. Oh, my God. I have not seen these... Democrat weasel anchors this excited in a long time. I mean, after the 9-0. to zero, 9-0. to zero On immigration. Now, what's, what's, what's amazing is they didn't actually decide whether or not the Obamacare law is constitutional. They ruled that states like Texas didn't have standing. And you, right now they're 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 amassing their their experts, pundits, politicians, whatever around the the glass tables with the network logo. This is because Obamacare is popular. This shows Obamacare. This has nothing to do. The Supreme Court didn't uphold that the law fits in the Constitution. They just denied standing. There's a huge difference there. When you look at that 9-0 to zero ruling on immigration, Elena Kagan, Elena Kagan wrote for the court, not the majority, the whole court, that people who cross the border illegally have not been admitted to the country legally, therefore do not qualify for green cards, even if they're given temporary protected status. Because that's what the law says. I don't normally start the program with calls. But we don't. I will take any call. From any smarter than me. Leftist, Democrat, progressive, college professor, law professor. Who can read aloud. The line of text in the Constitution. That permits the federal government. To run this health care program. And make it a make it a component of citizenship. You do that, and I'll stop talking about it. You do that, I'll say, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong. That's the end of the story. You broke my argument. You do that. I cannot find anywhere in the Constitution where the federal, keyword federal government, can compel a citizen to participate in a healthcare system run by the federal government. By the way, Kavanaugh, the only dissent... The only dissent, well, the dissent, excuse me, didn't include Kavanaugh. This is about standing. This isn't about health care. This isn't about the, and you, you, you could watch any one of, any one of these networks covering this. 
I'm not telling you to do that now. I don't want you to listen to the radio, obviously. But they're not even talking about the Constitution. It doesn't matter to them. They've decided that the little people should be under the thumb of the federal government when it comes to health care, just like retirement, Social Security, and that's it. Now, I know. I know I'm not going to get a civil-minded, intelligent progressive who's going to say, Andrew, here it is. I'll get people who say things like, well, the general welfare clause. The general welfare. When does the general welfare clause stand alone? You know, it's funny that when we talk about the Second Amendment, the Democrats say, well, you can't just say the right of the people to keep a bare arm shall not be infringed. You got to read the whole amendment. Well, yeah. Any way you want to slice it, it still gives us the right to keep and bear arms. Any way you want to slice it. But nowhere in the Constitution does it say the federal government could run a health care program. It just doesn't. There's no mention of housing and urban development. There's no mention of the Department of Education. These are things that are to be left to the states under the 10th Amendment. But the media is jumping up and down. Look, the Supreme Court rejected a conservative challenge. No, they rejected standing. There's an enormous difference between rejecting standing and being able to defend the constitutionality, which nobody can do. There's no mention of health care and the enumerated powers. There's no ratified amendment that creates a new federal power. This is something that Obama did out of whole cloth. The Democrats did out of whole cloth, just like Social Security. It should be struck down. And you know the structure of it is, is so stupid to begin with. The idea that the government is going to pay a product provider and whether you think it's crucial or trivial, healthcare is in essence a product. They're going to pay someone, a provider, to sell something that the provider can't sell at the market price. That's the risk corridor money. The government came in and said, you have to sell these plans and you have to sell them at this price. And the insurers said, well, we can't sell this at this price. They said, don't worry. If you take a loss on selling this product at this price, we will give you money to make up for it. Well, after that, what the hell do they care? You know, when you see this in the banking industry, there was a time when the majority of banks in this country, we had community banks, and the way a bank worked was, there's a reason why they use the word trust. You would bring your money. You would bring your money to the bank, and you would put it in the bank. And the bank would then treat you like a silent partner. The bank would then take all the money that people entrusted to the bank and they would lend it out to other people. And they would have clearly defined provisions for getting a loan, for a business, for a home, for a car, for, for education, whatever it was. And the fee, the tack on, if you will, for borrowing that money was there was going to be a charge for it, which you had to pay back. And the bank would share that with its account holders. But banks had to earn your, your business. They had to get you to open an account. They had to compete with one another. 
Once the once the the Federal Reserve started capitalizing banks, they don't care. What do they care about your little your little individual savings account or your individual checking account? I mean, it's nice, but they don't really need you. The government creates loan programs, capitalizes banks. People go to banks to make to take out loans they can't afford, and then when it crashes, the bank subsidizes both ends. But this is what they did to healthcare. They said, we're going to give you a subsidy. We're going to give people subsidies to buy something we say they can't afford after we set the price for it. So government set the price for it and then said anybody who can who cannot afford this based on uh, uh, socioeconomic status, income, what have you, we will subsidize your purchase of this product. So you're subsidizing the purchaser and the producer. Who thinks that is sustainable? And once the government decides there will only be four or five players in the market, guess what? Real competition goes out the window. Real competition goes out the window. Because what happens is the chosen winners will always feed the campaigns of the people that are protecting them. Barriers to competition. Look at the fight right now with Carvana and even Tesla. Traditional brick-and-mortar dealerships are trying in some states to fight this order online, have the car dropped off business model. Because it's totally eviscerating their business model. Now, some dealerships are, are learning to compete. You could see brick-and-mortar dealerships. I know one. I know one in, in outside of Baltimore where they will take your order online and deliver you the car. It's a Ford dealership. I know this because my friend ordered a car that way from them. So they're learning to compete. But if the government steps in and says, no, you can't sell a car in this nicely lit tower with a token that you put in like a vending machine. I mean, you could buy a car now like a vending machine. Once competition goes away, you you just get what you get. Wine six six ninety five Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. I have yet to argue this point with a Democrat who didn't tell me about people with cancer. And you know what? That's not what Obamacare did. I lost both my parents to cancer. And, and they were very young. They did not get to see my children. My father died shortly after I got married. A little less than two years. Sorry, a little more than two years. He did not get to see his grandchildren. My mother died before I met my wife. We're not talking about a program that looks at extraordinary circumstances. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. The move to single payer is not humane. It is not humanity. It's actually pretty ugly if you get into it. If you look at what quality-adjusted life years and disability-adjusted life years is, which is embedded in every single single-payer system 
The government then takes value of your life. Not the government's yours. Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel, who's one of Biden's health care advisors, said we should all be prepared to die before we hit the age of 75. Well, how old, old is Joe Biden? Well, he's the president. Well, he turned 75 before he became president. Should he have been cut off of health care? Well, he was the vice president. So you mean life extension will exist only for the elites among us and the rest of us are doomed? I'm just going to give fair warning here. If you're a, a, a Democrat potential caller, you've read all the websites, you think a guy like me is an, an easy target, anyone who's listened to this program for any length of time, if I could put you in touch with one another, would tell you that I got my you-know-what squared away on this issue. That over the years, I've read to you pieces written by Ezekiel Emanuel. I've gone deep into what quality-adjusted life years is. I've explained the curve of, of investment from 14 to 41. I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't want you to embarrass yourself. I mean, I do on some level, but if you want to embarrass yourself, go right ahead. But if you think you're calling some ignorant right-wing radio host, I got news for you. This ain't that show. Wine six ninety five patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. Senator Rand Paul is going to join us. We will talk about this and Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci must be investigated. Anyone who criticizes me is criticizing science. People that want me locked up. Well, I don't want you locked up unless you did anything illegal. I just want to know what you knew and when you knew it. I want to know if you knew that the money you were giving this virology institute in Wuhan was working on what sounds like a biological weapon. That's all. Senator Paul comes up in the third hour of the program, top of the hour. We're right, they're wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot.